Podcasting from the JK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. Podcasting. That was a little bit of a train wreck. Kind of fits the Reds season. Yeah. It's over. Mathematically, the Reds are still in it. Their elimination number is 11 in the wild card. They have been eliminated from the uh, Central Division already. That's definitely the Brewers. But uh, the Cardinals, if they win five games, the Reds cannot lose more than six. If the Reds would have just won one series of the last eight, their fate would be much better. It's over. The music is proper. What's that? The music is proper. It is. Welcome to the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast on very, very disappointing season. Uh, hopefully the Reds can at least get a winning season. Yeah, get that 82 wins, man. Absolutely. I mean, right now they are 77 and 73. A month ago, we were like, oh, they're, they're, they were like 12 games over 500. We were thinking maybe 90 wins. Uh, right now, uh, even though they only need three more wins to reach 80, I don't know if they can do it. They've been winning one game of every series, the last eight series. That is Brian Price bad. Yeah, ouch. That's Robert Stevenson bad. Uh, I, mean, I don't want to mention his name anymore. I, I don't <laughs> that guy. Oh, but uh, anyway, uh, they have two more series with the Pirates a series with the White Sox, and a series with the uh, Nationals. And the White Sox series, I believe, is two games. The Nationals are, is four. I, I yeah. mean, that's they got to win one game of each series to, to reach 500. I, I don't know. I don't have confidence that they can do it. They have not shown they've been able to do it since uh, Jesse Winker went on the, on the injured list. And uh, so... I hate to be that negative fan. I've never been that negative fan. I like to consider myself a, a positive person, and but I, I'm not feeling it right now. I, I mean, I have not. I mean, I know I, I have an apology to make uh, in a few minutes, but I, I, I've lost interest in the team. I've had some personal stuff going on but uh, that we won't get into. But uh, at the same time, I have kids, so my life is very busy. Uh, 50% of the time, uh, the other 50% they're with their mother. Uh, but so, I, I mean, t- and they're young kids. So taking to the game as a single dad, it's fun, <laughs> but exhausting. So, uh, for example, this series, I looked at taking him to the Friday night game, uh, cause, uh, my son, John kept talking about baseball fireworks, baseball fireworks. And uh, I was looking forward to the going to the Dodgers game, but uh, I'm a season ticket holder, but I did not have tickets to that series. I only have 20 games. 
and uh, because of Oktoberfest, parking was at a premium, so the Reds were sold out of parking, at least the prepaid passes. Uh, There was a concert that night at the Icon Music Center, Brett Eldridge. Uh, You had Oktoberfest going on. Uh, The Reds were going on. I mean, thankfully, the Garth Brooks concert, uh, for whatever reason, got canceled for COVID uh, from this past weekend. Because could you imagine that? A Reds game. That's why the the Saturday game was at 210. But having a Reds game down there at 210, getting everything cleared out, which isn't going to happen because Oktoberfest is going on. And then having 70,000 people at Garth Brooks uh, that Saturday night, what the traffic would have been like. Well, don't forget about it. There was like a comic con over the weekend as well. Well, that uh, yeah, but uh, you know that that that's like way down on the totem pole. I mean, you had the world's largest Oktoberfest downtown. Garth Brooks was originally scheduled. Reds and Dodgers bringing about twenty eight thousand and maybe thirty thousand. I didn't look at the uh, box score, but uh, but yeah, so busy weekend downtown. But anyway, uh, back to Friday night. Kind of got uh, sidetracked there. Um, looked at tickets. Uh, it was going to be about $40. Now the kids are three, so they could get in free, but my kids are big for three years old. So I'd want at least two seats, if not three. So I was looking at $120 for lower level tickets. And then I looked at parking. The closest parking I could get was the uh, East Garage, which is on the other side of U.S. Bank Arena, which is not a far walk, but with two uh, twin three-year-olds, almost four-year-olds that like to run off in different directions. Uh, a little further than I was uh, comfortable with, but uh, here was the StubHub price on that. Are you are you sitting down? As far as I know. <laughs> Do you want to know how much the uh, parking <laughs> costs for Friday night's uh, Reds-Dodgers game? I don't know if I want to hear, but go ahead. Take a guess. That'd be 100 bucks, right? 75 that was close. So I was looking like 200 bucks plus whatever the, the, the junk food the kids would want to eat and what I'd want to eat. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's another adventure just because, uh, you know, I, it's kind of funny. The one kid, uh, John, who loves watching baseball more than playing it, Ken loves playing it probably more than watching it. But John is always moving. Ken uh, gets focused in on things and kind of can sit down a little bit. But, uh yeah, so that, that makes it always interesting, especially with the Reds' play areas, which are great, uh, with the exception of the one that they that Phil Castellini said was for kids my age. Uh, the one game I took them to that, there were kids my size that were going up there. I mean, they were probably 12 years old or so, but, I mean, they were towering over over the twins. So uh, a little bit stressful for a uh, – almost helicopter parent like I like myself <laughs> but so I took them to the Florence y'all's game and, and it, it was stressful enough with the uh, 1200 people there uh, they were just as horrible they lost 12 to two yeah 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 exactly and in uh in that league it's old school rules because uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Florence uh, Freedom or Florence y'all's uh, stadium but it's all the uh, field turf like hundred percent there's no dirt or anything. There's a play at the plate. Uh, catcher was blocking the plate area. I mean, the plate is even carpet. If you've ever been there, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, anyway, pitcher or catcher was blocking the plate. Runner came in. 
slid high, took him out from his knees. Catcher fell backwards, cracked like it sounded like he hit his head. Um, was just laying there. The ball rolled to the backstop. The pitcher, instead of backing up the ball, was concerned about his teammates. And the guy that hit the ball got a, like an inside the park. Uh, I'm sure there was an error or something called. I don't know if there was, that would have been an error or not, uh, or how they scored it. But uh, anyway, uh, the the batter scored. Uh, whether it was a triple and an error or a home run or however they scored it, uh, but uh, but yeah, that independent ball was uh, definitely interesting. It was playoff baseball, so I did get a playoff game in this year, but it was thirty bucks to go to that game. If I didn't waste, if I if the kids decided they didn't want to stay for everything, uh, no money wasted. And it turns out I have uh, one son absolutely loves fireworks. My other son okay. absolutely terrified of fireworks. That could be a problem. Yeah, he was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I was just trying to pick him up to kind of hold him while, while that was going on. He had a death grip on the back of that chair. Not bad. So it was like my one son was climbing up on me, like, look, 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 it's exciting. Had like a huge smile on his face, all the colors and then the booms and, uh, and, uh, Ken, cause these are Rossi fireworks too. So they, they it was shorter than the reds fireworks, but it, it, the quality wise loud and, and, uh, choreographed. And so, but so good, a good fire, a good short fireworks show, uh, but Ken was absolutely frightened. Thankfully, I didn't take him to the Great American Ballpark where you have the not only the booms, but it kind of echoes around the stadium. Yeah, I don't think I've been down there for the fireworks for the Reds games. So, I mean, that's that's kind of tells you how the Reds season's been the last uh, last month. We're, we're more excited to talk about fireworks wherever they are in Oktoberfest and Garth Brooks and what this team has done. Uh, so let's talk about some of the news items that's came out. Uh, the Reds and Kyle Bodie, uh, the very analytical camera system dude that started driveline, uh, very much into weighted balls and spin rate. Uh, him and the Reds have parted ways. He cited uh, organizational and ph- philosophical differences. A lot of Reds fans upset about this move. I am not uh, how do you feel about it? Well, personally, I, don't, I could care less for analytics. I think it's slowed the game down a little bit. I think you have to be an old school manager to get the players to win and be able to stay within the game. Right. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, he was doing a lot of the minor league development and coming up with yeah. pitching strategies for the for the Reds, which I think the Reds need something. Uh, that, that's kind of my only worry about this is it's like, he was only there for two years, but I think what we've seen with uh, the weighted balls, I think we see more in injuries. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of a lot of trainers that would probably disagree, but uh, just listening to some old old school guys like Raleigh Fingers talk about it, uh, and you you can't deny that there's been a lot more pitching injuries since they've moved to kind of weighted balls and and. Uh, and that kind of training. I, I know the guy that's a scumbag off the field. Uh, some of his training that he showed on his social media last year was just bizarre. And uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, dude measured his blood, which is should be a warning sign, I guess. Uh, but uh, did he have tiger blood? Oh wait, that's no, Charlie uh, Sheen. That's Charlie Sheen. <laughs> but anyway, uh, 
not to get on onto that tangent, but just the training, the weighted balls. I think there's been more injuries with that. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but I think that may be some of Nick Crawl's problems uh, with it. I, I know Kyle Bodie said he went from the Reds went from six worse uh, in 2018 as an organizational pitching to two, to uh, six best uh, this year. But I mean, the talent is a lot better this year than it was in 2018. Hunter Green was. Uh, <laughs> was just getting started and, and ran into some injury problems uh, in 2019. And um, and then, uh, you know, you have you, you gain talent. You're, I, I could have brought the Reds up uh, pretty decently just with the talent along, and I know nothing about pitching. So I probably shouldn't be criticizing Cal Bodie that much. I just don't think it's as a big of a loss to the Reds as others do, as long as... The Reds have a system, and I, I think that's one of the complaints that uh, I have about Nick Crawl is uh, he hasn't been very, uh, and this may be why Lance uh, seems to hate him uh, from uh, from uh, his social media tw- tweets uh, or texts is uh, is uh, Nick I don't think is very good with the media, <laughs> or he likes to keep things very close to the vest, and you know he's just taking over, so he may be wanting his people in and he may have ideas uh, for that as well. So I, I'm, I'm going to take a wait and see on it, but I don't think Kyle Bodie or CJ Gillum, especially because I, I hate the launch angle baseball. You know, I, I don't even like to talk about Lance McAllister because the guy has his own opinions, yeah, which is fine. I, I don't want to go into too much with that. I, I'm just saying yeah. I, I, he seemed to have bias against Bob and Nick crawl. And uh, but but nothing else on the Reds uh, on social, which just kind of bugged me. I mean, has, I, he ever, has he ever interviewed Nick Kroll? I have no idea. I don't. I, 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 I I'm I, I not would sure. Like to find, I would like to find that if he has. I mean, that may be that may be the source of it. Is Nick just doesn't go on the t- on this show as much as uh, Dick Williams did? Uh, I've I've personally talked to both of them at season ticket events. I've talked to. Uh, I think you were actually there that day. I talked to Dick Williams after a season ticket yeah. uh, lunch, probably 15 minutes or so. And uh, we talked, we did talk a little baseball philosophy. I mean, he's talking to a fan, so he's not going to, he's not going to give that much information to, but, uh, and, and, you know, but uh, I, I felt comfortable with uh, Dick Williams, but I could kind of tell he was very into analytics. His background was in accounting. Uh, yeah. Anytime accountants get into uh, the entertainment or, performance industries uh usually they screw it up uh i think dick williams did some good things as general manager i I do think the reds needed uh an analytics department uh just because every other every other team has that as part of their scouting uh but i think he wanted to rely on it more and more and I, i think what we're seeing in the game uh is that analytics are a great tool uh but the teams that allegedly relied on them heavily either have not won uh at all like the tampa bay rays or the oakland a's or going into uh the uh scandal with houston cheated to win and possibly the red Sox was involved in that as well with alex cora i believe that's the right player i don't want to don't want to get that wrong yeah you got it right okay uh or uh the whole spin rate thing which turned out that most of that improvement uh, had nothing to do with the cameras, had nothing to do with technique. It was all the sticky tack. 
Because as soon as baseball started cracking down on that, spin rates came back down to uh, kind of what you would expect to see uh, in in normal years as far as uh, where the pitching would progress. Uh, I mean, so, I liked I liked Dick Williams. Yeah. I thought he was a smart guy. He was a very smart guy. And when we had this conversation with him, like you said, I thought he, he he was quick on his answers. He was positive on what he was, what he, we thought what he was going to do, and it was going to you know go with analytics. I mean, at the time, it sounded like a good idea. You would try anything. Well, and well, you know, that was before we knew about Houston Astros. <laughs> you know, yeah, their yeah. Analyti- analytics uh, relied upon a trash can. Well, they, they, I mean, they cheated, and it's obvious they cheated. Uh, now, granted, I mean, all, so, all the evidence is on video. And granted, some other teams have won, like the Cubs. They they relied on analytics uh, some. But I think when I talked to Nick Crawl at spring training, we probably talked 20, 30 minutes, and we talked, uh, you know, philosophy from my point of view. And it was just, I, you know, he was there relaxed. Uh, talking. I was talking to some guy. I didn't know who he was. Uh, I asked his background and what he did for the Reds. And he told me, oh, I'm the assistant general manager. I'm like, oh, so what do you do? <laughs> and then we started talking about, about philosophy and analytics. And uh, the, what I got from him, now he was still working for um, working for Dick Williams. So, I mean, he couldn't tell me something that was way off of what Dick's plan was. I mean, he could give me his personal opinion. That part I don't know. He didn't know, uh, you know, I was just a fan. That's all I am yeah. now. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, and it kind of fit with what my philosophy is, which is you got to use, you got to have uh, the data and use it wisely, but you still have to scout. You still have to see things with your eyes and, and play baseball and not rely just on the computer models because you will get burned because you have human beings playing the game as much as Rob Manfred and some of the people on, on uh, social media want it to be another video game. We'll give it 10 years. There'll be robots out there playing. Yeah. And, you know, with the robot umpires that they've tested out this year, they were as bad as Angel Hernandez. I think they got Angel Hernandez's tiger blood. <laughs> Probably. I mean, the, the, the there was one that was like two feet outside, and the and the umpire had to call it a strike uh, in a Lexington Legends game that Brandon Phillips owns. Uh, there was a uh, another one where balls would bounce up to the plate, and they called it a strike. Uh, they'd have tight or strike zones so tight that there'd be forty walks in a game. Are the Lexington Legends any good? I have no idea. Yeah. They're they're an Atlantic League team uh, this year, uh, which they still haven't changed. I happen to go into Lexington on Saturday, but uh, they still haven't changed the sign. They said they're an affiliate uh, to the uh, Royals, which they used to be before they got uh, basically demoted out of minor league baseball after Rob Manfred took it over uh, this year. Uh, but they were in the Atlantic League, which uh, has a agreement with Major League Baseball, and they're trying things out. They moved the mound back a foot. Uh, they're doing robot umpires, which have been horrible. Yeah. Beyond the, beyond that, I know nothing. I, I know Brandon Phillips uh, has hit some home runs down there. J.J. Hoover's pitching for him. Uh, Tony Sagrani was. I think he got picked up by a major league team. So uh, Brandon, yeah, Brandon Phillips, despite, you know, you had heard all the rumors, like nobody on the Reds really likes him. I, I think when you have J.J. Hoover and – Tony Sagrani coming down to play for the Lexington Legends. Uh, they're doing that for Brandon. They're not just doing that because 
they miss baseball. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy that Brandon's still playing. That's great. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I, Nick Crawl, I, I think I'm I, I think he needs to come out and kind of tell the Reds fans, at least the season ticket holders, what the plan is. Uh, you know, in a diplomatic way, back in or have Phil Castellini do it, but but uh, or like they did in 2016 when they when they started the when they started the teardown, uh, the Reds Fest going into the 2016 season. Uh, they came out and said they're going to be doing a f- step back. They're going to be investing more money into the analytics department. Uh, asked us to be patient. And, and I think Nick crawl wants to go the opposite direction. I think he wants to go back and I think Bob Castellini, I don't think Bob and based on the media reports, he didn't want to do the rebuild. He wanted to resign some of these guys and he did resign some of the guys like Homer Bailey. Some of it worked out, uh, like resigning, like signing Joey Votto to long-term deal. Uh, the Homer Bailey obviously didn't, uh, some blame that on, on, uh, that, I mean, thankfully, uh, uh, thankfully, just because of, the, of his performance and injuries uh, after he left the Reds, the Reds did not re-sign Matt Latos. Uh, they did not re-sign Johnny Cueto, which, you know, I don't know if they would have been able to hold on to him this long because he's had a really good year this year. But he had some injuries along the way after that deal. So it, 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 the ones that the players that left, Todd Frazier, as painful as that was, uh, his numbers kind of all decreased after he left the Reds. So uh, the analytics in, in deciding on who to sign, I kind of like. Of course, it doesn't work always. Uh, Mike Moustakis is an example. Uh, Shogo is an interesting case study because he came in uh, and it's like the analytics uh, department said, don't blame, but yet they gave him a $7 million a year contract. And wanted to use him as a marketing piece. That's just stupid. Yeah, you you got to play him. And and David Bell, I almost said David Price. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the easy overpriced relief pitcher for the Dodgers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, David Bell, uh, even last year, he came in with all this fanfare. We didn't know what he could do or couldn't do. He wouldn't play when he gave him some. Regular playing time, he started to have glimpses last year. Of course, I don't really care about home runs. Uh, they're nice, but uh, a, a player like Shogo, if he can get on base, that's what you want. That's, what, I think, why the Reds signed him. Uh, but all, everybody talked about home runs. Of course, home runs pay the big the big dollar contracts in, in American baseball, and I think that that and the lack of playing time with the uh, with the crowded outfield for the Reds have hurt him. Uh, we'll get into an offseason show in a few weeks. Uh, we'll discuss that more, what the plans are for the Reds outfield uh, next year because uh, who knows if Nick Castellanos is coming back. Uh, who knows uh, who, who knows what the Reds outfield is going to look like next year and the year after because uh, the Reds do have some uh, free agents coming up next year and the following year in the outfield we'll, we'll go we'll break those all down in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks after the season's over hopefully the red surprises and the season isn't over and we have to say a couple of months we'll go into that but uh, as we're as of right now it's it, it's not looking good <laughs> at all for the reds playoff hopes no the music says it all <laughs> but uh anyway 
Uh, Joey Votto, uh, I think he's going to have a solid season to finish the year. Nick Castellanos, a solid season. Uh, any any other? I mean, Jesse Winker, unfortunately, came back and was hurt in the same game he came back. Um, going into tonight's game, we're recording this on Monday, September 20th. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, uh, he is on the injured list without a designation. They brought up a guy without having to make him another roster move, which means uh, he has COVID. Yeah. Without speculating, yeah, we know. Yeah, it's crazy. We're not going to have it. We can't say they have COVID, but we're going to create a separate list. Yeah. I mean, yeah plus, you got to thank Johnson India. What a, what a year that guy's had, man. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's a bright spot of the year. And and who knows? The Reds may turn around, surprise people these next, uh, t- what is it, 12 games? Yes. Counting tonight. Yeah, counting tonight. I'm At, at this point, I will be content i'm not even gonna say happy i mean the beginning of the season if you told me the reds had a winning year uh with the moves they did not make in the offseason along with the cuts they made i would said yeah i'll be happy but you know a, a month and a half ago we were sitting here talking about world series talking about david bell being manager of the year yeah ain't happening. no this has been like one of the worst collapses in cincinnati reds history I can only hope for the best down the stretch here. They have not been fun to watch. They have not been winning. Uh, the, the only thing that's come close uh, to this embarrassment, uh, actually two things. One is the 2018 beginning of the red season where they went 3-18. and 18. And the yeah. second one was uh, Brian Price seeing him outside of uh, Rogers Center in Toronto asking me, my friend, the people that were around us, how to get into the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been, I was wondering how they get the truck. How how they get that truck up there? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a crane, but I'm talking about it in Toronto, (laughs) in Toronto. Uh, Brian price was walking around the stadium trying to figure out how to get in. That's because he's an idiot. (laughs) Well, he'd never been there before, but I, I guess he didn't think to call ahead or maybe just someone didn't want to tell him as a rib. I, I, you know what? To him, a rib is for real. Yeah, well, he was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna let you in." Okay. But yeah, and, and the Reds lost that game like seventeen to two, seventeen to two. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that either. Uh, yeah, a guy that losses. Was, we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about losses. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that was in two thousand seventeen. So. Unfortunately, the the way the Reds have played the last month and a half, you don't you would not think that they are seventy seven and seventy three. You would think they are forty and uh, one twenty. You think we were the Pirates? Worse than the Pirates. What's worse than the Pirates? The Diamondbacks? Uh, yes. Worse. <laughs> they have played worse than the Diamondbacks the last thirty games. Wow, uh, well, I shouldn't say wow because I'm not. I'm not really shocked. They have the played. Pirates. They have played worse than Baltimore. Okay, that's a while. So the Reds' winning percentage the last uh, since they went on this uh, the last eight series is about three hundred. 
Uh, the Baltimore Orioles on the season are 315 winning percentage. Wow. Baltimore's never, Baltimore never win again. That's how bad David Bell's team has been. I know some people say you can't blame the manager, but it, it kind of starts with him. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody leading the charge, and if you're not, if they don't listen to the guy leading the charge, and there's, it's him. It's yeah. definitely him. I, I mean, even the Cubs, as deep of a, a breakdown they did at the trade deadline, they still didn't fire everybody. Ian Happ's still there. Yeah, Ian Happ's the only guy left. But uh, but so you can't fire the entire team. You you got to fire the manager, and you have a new general manager. I know he's been there for a while, but I, I'm sure he wants his own guy. My speculation is the guy is already in the organization as an advisor to uh, Bob Castellini and a guy that you hear 81 times a year on Bally Sports Ohio. Not yep. talking about John Sadak. He's not going to be the next manager of the Reds. Thank goodness. <laughs> I think he could do better than three and or, or six games out of 20. The Hall of Famer. Uh, I think it's going to be Barry Larkin. I know Barry has talked about possibly wanting to be the manager in the past. He uh, passed up on it on uh, when David Bell took it over, uh, but I, I think he's ready. I, I think uh, they. I think that's why he's only calling home games. Is I, I think part of it is uh, Bob wanted him to sit there, watch games, uh, kind of in detail, study things, and. Uh, Pure speculation on my part, but I, I think I think when the season's done, uh, the Reds are going to need something to sell next year, uh, especially if they can't re-sign Nick Castellanos. Especially if they don't re-sign Tucker Barnhart or Wade Miley or Michael Lorenzen or Michael Givens. We need Givens back. We need Givens and Renzen back, definitely. Uh, both of those guys are free agents. Uh, so, and like I said, we'll do a show on that as well. But, uh, you know, the, if, if that, all that happens and there's no other major moves, uh, signing Barry Larkin, you, you know, Red Fest isn't going to happen. So you don't have to worry about having a big announcement there. I'm still bummed on that one. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy. At the time I criticized it, I still think it's because of the – I think still think it was because of the uh, – uh, potential of a player strike and not COVID, but, uh, you know, COVID cases are back up, but events are still happening yep. as we talked about earlier in the show. <laughs> so, uh, bummed about that, but, uh, I, I think the, I think Barry Larkin's going to be the man. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Barry being in the booth and calling the games at home, um, he's getting a, a bird's eye of what's going on on the field. And that'll help him mentally if you know if this does happen in the off season, and, I, and I'm one just like everybody. Every other Reds fan is going to be ecstatic for it, right? And I think Bob will give uh, Barry a lot more room to grow than Marge gave Tony. Marge, yeah, I don't think Marge understood what was going on at the time. Uh, you know, I've never heard the story, but I wonder if Tony just didn't like Shotzi. You know, I. I wish I knew the whole story. I mean, well, we're not going to get it from ours. He's gone. But, I mean, wish Tony would at least have something to come out and say, hey, yeah. this is what happened. Uh, he, this, I, is what I, this is what I heard. Of course, you know, he he had a, he started off pretty pretty rough that year. But, 
But yeah, either Marge uh, wanted him and the general manager didn't. Uh, I don't know who the GM was at the time, if it was Bowden or uh, someone before Bowden, Quinn. Uh, Maybe, is this when Bowden was leaving and Quinn was coming in? I don't no, know. no, no, you got it backwards. Is it backwards? Yeah. Okay. I think it was Quinn. I think it was, well, I could be wrong. Wasn't Quinn the one that put together the 90 team? It could be. I, I'm fuzzy on my GMs about, yeah. about that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, uh, Tony, of course, lasted, what, 44 games? He was 20 and 24. You know, you know, Red starting out a season like that, now you'd be like, eh. I mean, there'd be some some gnashing of teeth, but that, that's pretty good compared uh, to uh, to the last few years. So it's not like starting off 8-25. and 25. Not at all. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, that was 2018. We just talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tony, uh, Tony, Tony definitely wouldn't have lasted then. So, you know, you have a new GM. Uh, you have a pitching director, a hitting director for the team leaving. I, I, I see brand new uh, people coming in, and I kind of wonder to myself if maybe, just maybe, and I would hope uh, no manager should do this, but, uh, you know, Riggleman did this back in uh, with the Nationals and it probably hurt him uh, getting another manager job uh, where he's been with the Mets and the uh, and the Reds. Uh, but uh, but I kind of wonder if uh, David Bell didn't ask to what, what if the Reds are going to pick up his option for next year. Maybe he got a no, and maybe that's like he's kind of saying, screw it then, I'm out either way. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'll help you back. I'll drive you to the airport. Right, but I I hope that's not what happened. I I hope he didn't. He wasn't told he's not coming back, whether regardless if they win the World Series or not. No, I hope he's gone. He needs to leave. Right. I'm just, I'm just kind of wondering what led to the slide. If it was just Jesse Winker getting hurt, or if uh, some of these other defections that are happening in the system and David Bell kind of saw the tea leaves, you know, his dad is working for the organization. Maybe his dad's like, uh, you may want to get your uh, resume together, son. Like, but I'm, I'm on the way to the playoffs and you know, who knows? I, I'm speculating there. I hope that didn't happen from an organizational standpoint, but, uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, the David Bell experiment, uh, should be over. I mean, it's, Year three, it's just, it ain't working anymore. I mean, it's time to move on. It's not working. Uh, the collapse it has been epic. Uh, I'm sure they're saying the same thing in San Diego. Oh man, I just I just think back of the off season the Padres put together. Oh, I mean that team. You know the the Reds cut payroll in the off season. They they got rid of a couple of star relievers. Yep. The Padres, they added in the offseason. They were one of the few teams that uh, spent money that weren't the Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, they were, you know, they were riding in in control of the uh, second wild card for quite a while. And, uh, you know, the Giants surprised everybody. But now, uh, I mean, they're hanging on to where they may not even have a winning season. We, I mean, we're, we're going to. What could it have happened if the Potters would have got Max Scherzer? Yeah. A different story. Uh, absolutely. But yeah, they're 76 and 73. The Reds are 77 and 73. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are 76 and 73. And then the Mets are 73 and 77. 
The, the Mets are a Jekyll and Hyde team. They've always been that way. Absolutely. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh, the Rockies are still mathematically in it. Somehow, some way, they've gotten they've climbed back in it. They're, they, I mean, honestly, if the if they win, the Reds are most. I mean, most likely they're not going to to be out of it. But uh, I mean, they're not going to beat the Reds in the in the record. But if the Reds don't start winning, uh, I mean, they could fall uh, potentially below the Rockies. Mathematically, it's possible. I mean, well, you got. This is the last seven games at home for the season. You got to beat the Pirates and you got to beat the Nationals. Even if you took two out of four for the Nationals, it's still, to me, that's a win. You didn't lose the series. Right. But you got to sweep the Pirates because you're going to Chicago. The White Sox, the White Sox, not the, yeah, the White Sox, it's not the Cubs. The White Sox are. They are. They're, they're going to win the division. Yeah, eighty-five and sixty-four already. So yeah. five seventy win percentage. Going to have over ninety wins for the year. I mean, the White Sox have done what they did in the offseason. They built the team. Boom! Now look what they've done. They've actually done their job. Yeah. Now, now their their rebuild worked really, really well in the way that Reds fans would want the Reds uh, rebuild to work. It, it didn't work out for the Reds. Uh, it did work out for the White Sox. Of course, uh, to be fair, the cent- the AL Central is not very strong, but the NL Central is really not that strong either. If the if the Reds could have took the similar path as the White Sox or had similar luck, uh, they would be where they were. Of course, the White Sox went out and got a, an old-school manager. Yep. As much as we don't like Tony Roos in this town, he, he's very smart and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's and, Nothing. And he's kind of the that uh, that manager. He's old school, but he uses yeah. analytics. Yeah, see, I don't understand that one. <laughs> if you're an old school manager, you do you manage old school. You don't go. Yeah, well, I mean, he went. He was ahead of his time when he was uh, managing. Now he's probably further behind, but he's probably has the right mix, and that's probably why it's why it's working. I mean, he's old as dirt, but he can still get a, get the job done. Absolutely. So now it's the time. That I've been dreading. So, I'm not even going to ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the last, at least on last week's show, if not the week before, I said, don't worry. The Dodgers are coming to town. The Reds are going to sweep the Dodgers. Yeah, what, what was that? I said the oh. Reds were going to sweep the Dodgers. Friday night did not go to the game. I thought it was a good luck charm. They won the game. They played well. That was a good I, game. I, they, they played with some energy that they haven't had all year. That's right. Saturday, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave the area. I don't want to give any bad luck to my uh, bold prediction of a 3-0 win or three-game sweep. And the Reds blew it off of an error. Yeah, and they couldn't hit. They couldn't hit either, but uh, the error pretty much sealed the the fate. I mean, Grant, they were maybe Max Scherzer in that game. He was a future Hall of Famer. The guy's he's a beast, but that's not what beat. That's he's not the one to beat him. They beat themselves, right? So, and then game three, uh, they didn't even try. I didn't even watch, yeah. but they didn't even try. 
at the yeah, end, yeah. Joey, there was the manager. Joey Votto uh, was set out, uh, which, you know, his numbers against uh, Kershaw have not been great. But when you're as beat up as the Reds are, I, I think you play your superstars either. Anyway, I, if you ask Joey Votto, he's like, yeah, I want the challenge. Well, he pinch hit and hit a home run. So, But it was in the ninth inning when he could have pinch yeah. hit in the eighth inning. Who knows if he would have hit a home run then, but it would have changed the momentum of the game because uh, Hoffman came in and was like, yeah, I'm done for the year. Yeah, yeah, Hoffman should be done for the year. So I think we've beat up on the Reds enough. Hopefully by next show we can say playoffs. I highly doubt it. <laughs> If it does, be optimistic, man. I'm being optimistic. If it does, I'm playing the Requiem. Yeah, I bet you the Mass for the Dead. <laughs> you can play the song yourself. <laughs> but anyway, so until next week, uh, when we'll recap. Uh, well, no, no, the Reds still have some games after next week. So uh, the next two weeks, hopefully, we'll be talking playoffs. Next week, we may once again play this as it could be mathematically official that the Reds are out of it. Three games out of the wild card going into this show. Where will they be next week? Hopefully the Cardinals go in a slump. Tune in and find out. Until then, as always, go Reds. Go Reds.